Welcome to the Community Broadband Bits Podcast. I'm Christopher Mitchell with the Institute for Local Self-Reliance and the editor of MuniNetworks.org. Today, we're talking with Cheryl Lianza, a broadband consultant with the Progressive States Network. We discuss what states have been doing to change telecommunications policy, picking up where last week's show left off. In addition to community broadband bans, we talk about efforts to deregulate all telecommunications services and how people can get involved to make sure legislatures are responding to real problems, not just doing what big cable and telephone companies tell them to. Here's our interview with Cheryl Lianza. I'm here with Cheryl Lianza, the broadband consultant with Progressive States Network, and uh, we're excited to talk to you today. Thanks for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about what the Progressive States Network does in the area of telecommunications? Sure. Well, the Progressive States Network, one of its primary focuses is, generally speaking, economic security. So they have a, we have an economic blueprint which offers state legislators around the country some models and suggestions for how to ensure that all Americans receive their economic security. And in telecommunications, the big focus has been on community media, making sure that broadband reaches all Americans and that it's reliable and that it can help grow the economy and create jobs. And now when you say uh, the, the media um, and broadband, so you're looking at media, not just sort of television and radio, but obviously uh, where it's going in the future. Is that right? Absolutely. The big focus has been on high-speed internet or broadband, making sure that everyone, as, as our economy, as our jobs, as our social service networks and benefits networks move to the new place online and on the internet, that all Americans can benefit from that. The Progressive States Network, you work mainly with states and state legislatures, and so you're, you're really focused on a session timetable. Uh, can you tell us what you've been working on uh, over the course of this year? Sure. I mean, we try to track with the resources that we have what's happening in telecommunications on in the state legislatures, exactly what you said. And particularly what we try to do is draw connections between various state legislatures. So if there's a trend that we see or some particularly positive proposals that we see, we try to encourage them and highlight them, uh, provide legislators with analysis. So the two areas we've been looking at this year mainly are community broadband or municipal or public broadband, and the other area is a slate of deregulation bills that have been moving through the states. Let's start with the community broadband. It's something that that obviously we've been most concerned with uh, at Community Broadband Networks, our website. Um, and and I know I've worked with you in Georgia and South Carolina and uh, and in some other places as well. And so maybe you can just recap what happened uh, earlier this year. Right. Well, there's a few bills that we were looking at. One bill that's been a positive bill that we've been hoping will get through the legislature has been one in Washington, which was HB 1711. Uh, by uh, John McCoy, and that's a bill to enhance some of the uh, opportunities in the state of Washington. Unfortunately, that didn't get anywhere. Um, but obviously, some of the big fights were in uh, Georgia and South Carolina. And uh, in Georgia, the good news is that you know there was a really bad bill that was you know, diverted, and it turned into a study bill, uh, which I think is much better. Unfortunately, the news in South Carolina is not as good. Um, you know, it wasn't great in South Carolina to begin with, and now it seems to be even worse. So that's been uh, a little disappointing. And, you know, frankly, that's been the biggest challenge is to really change the dynamic of the conversation in the states 
Uh, unfortunately, I think the conversation already starts uh, painting municipal broadband as a threat to uh, deployment and accessibility by everyone. And in fact, you know, we think it's the opposite. Right, and that's some of the I think. I think that is some of the best work that you guys do, which is focusing on positive things that states can do. Uh, I tried to help out as well in, in Washington, and, and it's been a several several year effort to uh, allow them or to encourage the legislature to repeal some of the restrictions they have. Uh, and so I really I really want to encourage our readers to to take a look at um, at what states can do in a positive way. We've seen positive bills in New Hampshire and Tennessee, and it's hard for them to get out of committee because groups like yours, um, you know, you provide a needed analysis, but constituents really have to get involved if we're going to make any progress, I think. No, that's absolutely right. And I think that for most people around the country, the challenge is that state legislative process is very opaque. It's hard for them to understand how to do what needs to be done. And so what I could really encourage anybody who's very interested in this is to look at the state that you're interested in and go onto the legislature website and find the committee that does utility regulation. Sometimes it's the Commerce Committee, sometimes utilities is in the name, but look at those legislators and see if you can start developing relationships by just emailing them or setting up meetings or finding other people in your community who live in their district because those guys are the first ones that the telecommunications companies go to when they're trying to pass their legislation and we need to be sure that they know that there are other viewpoints out there that really can promote and serve the public interest uh, that they need to listen to. Right. In addition to that, you can also ask people like me for help, and there's there's others out there who are willing to offer help if you just need a sense of, you know, where to turn or where you can find some allies. And so it's important, I think, that we all work together on this. No, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. And I think Progressive States Network is similarly situated. We're happy to offer materials and support and suggestions, but I can't stress enough the importance of people in the own, their own states and the community members and the small business leaders really reaching out to legislators because that's the only way that progress ever happens. And that's really the people that the legislator really hears from voters in their district, they are going to sit up and take notice. Right. And we see that time and time again. We talk with uh, legislators who only hear from lobbyists on cable and broadband issues. And, um, so it's really important that people get out there and talk. Um, the other bill that, that we didn't mention um, that we should just mentioned in passing, I think, is a Minnesota bill that also looked at. It would have been one of the worst bills for uh, stopping community networks from even communities would not even have been allowed to build networks to connect schools. Um, so it was really bad, but fortunately that didn't go anywhere. But I really want to turn to something that has gotten even less attention, and that's this matter of uh, deregulating the telephone or telecommunications access. It's it's really something that is is totally shrouded in lawyer talk and very difficult language, but you've really put a lot of effort into into making sure that people's interests are served, the community's interests are served. So can you tell us about some of these state-by-state -state fights? Sure. So the big picture is that the telephone companies are trying to get deregulated, and they're getting deregulated in two different ways. One way is they're trying to get free of any obligations with respect to the old phone system. So your regular old phone with the copper wires that you have used for many years, that system they're trying to deregulate. In addition, they're trying to do something forward-looking and get 
everything that is related to uh, a service that uses Internet protocol deregulated. So they're trying to deregulate the past and the future all at the same time, sometimes different bills, sometimes in the same, in the same uh, legislation, but they're trying to do both. And it means that by the time you get to the end, there's not going to be any protections for anyone. And when you say protections and deregulated, what do you really mean? How does this impact a person who's living in one of these states? Sure, it's a great question. Right now, most states require the phone company to serve everybody in the state. So you move to a new house, you move to an apartment, you call up the company, you get your phone. There's not a question. You're allowed to get that. The reason is because there is a law, there is a regulation that says you are, are able to get that. So the deregulation that we're talking about at one level is just you might not be able to get a phone because there's no obligation by that company to serve your house or your apartment. Right. And so what states have we seen this pass successfully so far? Oh, Alabama. Um, let me look at my list. Uh, I can help you with some of the past ones. I know Kansas and Wisconsin did it in previous years. Right. Kansas and Wisconsin did it in previous years. Uh, Colorado, I think, had proposed it. Right. That that was actually um, a fascinating fight that I haven't had enough time to get into. Um, a gentleman by the name of Eric Cecil is involved with that and is a contact that um, I think helped to uh, to push a better vision. And I think neither ended up succeeding in, in Colorado. Well, Alabama did it uh, this year. A few other states have done it last year. Indiana did it this year. Well, it will end in 2014 in Indiana, so the, the legislation changes it as of 2014. North Carolina did it. So these are states in particular where the rural areas will be hard hit. Rural areas and elderly people are the hardest hit by the legislation that removes your, your, your ability to get your phone service, uh, the old-fashioned phone service. And I believe there was a major fight in Kentucky and in some other places where consumers were able to stop this uh, anti-consumer legislation. That's right. Kentucky is a really great success story where there was a group of, of uh, consumer groups that all got together, including the AARP, including the unions, all got together and said, look, this is a terrible idea. You can't pass this legislation. And fortunately, at least, it didn't get through this year. I think we always have to be vigilant for next year. And then you have to look at the legislation that's about the new, the new technology as well. Okay, and can you tell us what's going on in California? Because I think there's a mix of both there. And that's yeah, been that a pretty one major was, fight. was both. California was both, although a lot of it there is based on what we're calling the Internet protocol. So lots of people have heard, you know, you have new kinds of phone service that you can get. It's called VOIP, Voice Over Internet Protocol. And for most consumers, it just seems like telephone service that you get. Sometimes you get it from your old phone company like Verizon, but you get it via a service called Fios. Sometimes you can get phone service from Time Warner Cable, all those phone services actually happen partially over the Internet. So it's an Internet protocol-enabled service. And this sounds very highfalutin and fancy, but the truth of the matter is that actually most phone service these days has some component that is affected by Internet protocol. The phone companies argue, they, they propose this legislation saying, look, it's new technology, we don't need any regulatory safeguards, but the truth of the matter is most people are relying on these services just like they relied on their own phone service. If you have your phone service from Time Warner or Cox Cable, you still need to call 911, you still need to call your grandmother if she's sick, so you're relying on that phone service just the same way you relied on the old phone service. And uh, but. What these new bills are saying is that the state doesn't have anything to say about it if that phone service goes out, doesn't have anything to say about the cost, doesn't have to say anything about the reliability. So it really leaves uh, consumers and people uh, in the lurch. 
And where can I go if I if I live in any state to find out what's happening in my state or to get some updates on this? Sure. Well, you can go to the Progressive States Network website. We have a blog and dispatch, which is progressivestates.org. You can go to the state legislatures, and of course, you can use the Muni Network site, and I know they post information as well. Is there any other developments that we should be paying attention to in the in the area of broadband and state legislatures? Well, I think those are the big ones, and really, it's just keeping an eye open uh, for what's happening uh, on those three areas and not being fooled by the idea that some of these things are affecting that they won't really impact consumers because at the end of the day, uh, you know, we never know when there's going to be a massive outage. I mean, for example, one really good example is um, recently in the state of Virginia, 911 service went out, and nobody really understands why, and they're trying to figure that out. Well, those, these, this infrastructure is really critical, so we need to keep looking at it. But generally speaking, I think just keeping an eye on some of these great websites like uh, Muni Networks and ProgressiveStates.org and uh, we'll keep you updated. Thank you for coming on the show and talking with us today. Well, thanks for having me. That was Cheryl Lianza, the broadband consultant with Progressive States Network at progressivestates.org. To learn more, visit our show page on muninetworks.org where we have links to some of the materials discussed in the show. If you have any questions or comments, please tell us directly. Email podcast at muninetworks.org. Our handle on Twitter is at CommunityNets. This show was released on July 31st, 2012. Thanks to my colleague Lisa Gonzalez for putting the show together and Fit in the Conniptions for the music, licensed using Creative Commons. The song is called Storms Over. Storms Over now. I'm on my way home.